The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. And its place in the Eightfold Path. So this um, cultivation of a stability of mind, this stabilizing mindfulness, moment to moment, we can look at this as the, the culmination of the Eightfold Path, that we start, the Eightfold Path begins with the wisdom, a perspective of how we want to be attending to experience, the kind of the curiosity around what is suffering, how do we get caught, what might lead us in the direction of freedom, understanding about the skillful qualities, the unskillful qualities, well, that orientation, is it possible to be free from suffering, And how can we explore our experience in a way that supports that understanding? That's the whole direction of the path. That's where the the Eightfold Path begins with kind of the intellectual understanding, the learning about how our minds get caught in greed, aversion, delusion, and mistakenly try to hold on to things as a way to find happiness. And so the, the, the first we start with a kind of a, a learning about what, how our minds get caught, the, the teachings that the Buddha offered about how our minds get caught, and that it is possible to move in the direction of freedom, that we don't have to stay caught by the way our minds have been conditioned, that there can be a reconditioning of the mind, and we could say that the Eightfold Path is a way to recondition the mind in the direction of letting go, in the direction of a deeper happiness and ease of peace with things as they are, the nature of experience, the nature of life. And so that kind of that direction, that aim leads us towards cultivating not only our own internal um, interest in being aware of what's happening for us inside, but also there's a pointing in the Eightfold Path to the relational, to cultivating um, ways of harmonizing with our communities, with our friends, with our families, with our wider communities, engaging with wise and ethical conduct. This is also a support for that turning of the mind in that direction towards ease and peace. If we want internal ease and peace, then we want to not put non-ease and non-peace out into the world. And then the last aspect of the Eightfold Path of really the inner cultivation, looking into our, uh, the, the kind of the inner workings of our mind and the deep, deeply conditioned habits and patterns of holding on, of trying to uh, keep things that we like and get rid of things that we don't like. Feeling like somehow we can construct a stable experience where we will stay happy. And yet what we see as we turn to our direct experience is that no experience is stable for very long. And so that project of trying to hold on to something to keep an experience stable is doomed, essentially. 
And we will struggle, we will suffer, we will feel the frustration, the anxiety, the confusion, the angst of not being able to follow through on that project, of creating that stable place where I can be happy. And it's not our, it's not, a, it's not, um, you know, I think we also mistakenly think that we've done something wrong if we can't do that. And the teachings basically tell us, you know, it's just not possible to do that. And yet there is a way to be, to find a deep kind of happiness, a, a, a reorientation of how we think happiness can be found through the stabilization of awareness, through creating that stability of awareness, which is concentration. So wise effort and wise mindfulness when the the effort of being with experience moment to moment from this perspective of curiosity about how are we getting caught and how how is how are we struggling how are we suffering and where can we find ease and peace when we um, orient our effort and mindfulness in that direction the result is wise concentration that stability of mind moment to moment that has that curiosity about what is human experience and learning about having the curiosity to learn about what what's actually going on as opposed to the curiosity about how can I figure out how to hold on? How can I follow through on that project of making experience stable so that I can find happiness that way? But instead being curious about, well, what actually is going on? What actually is happening? And that moment-to-moment awareness does begin to reveal pretty clearly the truth of the impermanent, unreliable nature of experience and actually also points to the not-self nature of experience, that there isn't a I or me, that, that there's that what we think of as I or me, as something stable and solid also. You know, that's another project we have to create some stable, solid I or me that's in control of things. And that also is an illusion. That's also a project that's mistaken, based on a misunderstanding about what our sense of self is. Our sense of self too is just a changing process, a changing phenomenon. It's not nothing. I mean, it's not, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that, that, um, um, how can I say this so that it's not misunderstood? Um, you know, the sense of self is a sense. There's, there's an experience like the experience of anger is an experience. A sense of self is an experience. It's just deeply misunderstood in terms of what it is. So it's not nothing. And like anger arising and affecting or shaping our experience, when anger arises, it tends to shape our responses, our reactions to the world. That sense of self too, when it arises, it tends to shape our responses and reactions to the world. So that the, the, the mind state or the mental phenomenon of a sense of self arising has an effect on how we engage in the world. And the misunderstanding about it also has an effect 
one's understanding about that sense of self also has an effect that tends to create more suffering, more struggle, more stress. So this, um, the path is aiming in the direction. The, the Eightfold Path ends with right concentration, but that's not the end of our path. It's not, it's not, it's not like we, we aim to getting concentrated and that's where we stay in that stability of mind. That can actually be a very pleasant experience to have that state of concentration. But the, the aim of the whole path, the, the trajectory of the whole path is to, uh, we could say, create, construct or um, we're using conditions to construct a concentrated or stable mind in the service of understanding experience as it actually is in terms of understanding in particular the changing nature of experience because that seems to be kind of the key a kind of a key for us we so deeply misunderstand the impermanent nature of experience we think there is some way to create or construct permanence that's our whole mistaken project of creating something that i can land on and stay stable with So we we deeply misunderstand the nature of experience, thinking there's some kind of permanence out there, and that it's our fault if if we can't find it. And so the 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 practice of cultivating that stability of mindfulness, that concentrated, stable mindfulness, creates the conditions for us to really start to see deeply into the changing nature of experience. So that's the piece I really wanted to to speak to today, is how we explore that concentration in the service of understanding. What does that mean? That we don't just get concentrated for the sake of getting concentrated. We get concentrated, or the, 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 the shaping of the path is leading us in the direction of concentration, to support understanding impermanent, unreliable, not self. So I talked. We talked last time about different forms of concentration, about the kind of concentration that is moment-to-moment concentration, that is the stability of mindfulness over time. There may there 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 will be often in that kind of more. Um, um, moment-to-moment concentration, experience changes moment-to-moment. Now you're attending to a particular body sensation and then a sound and then an emotion and then another body sensation. Sometimes that shifting between experiences, the attentional shift from one experience to another will be slower, sometimes more quick. But there's in the kind of moment-to-moment experience, we're not trying to stabilize on a particular experience, like the breath, for instance. So that, that's called moment-to-moment concentration. And then the other um, kind of form of concentration, and this is, the, the, I would say, the ends of the spectrum of concentration. This moment-to-moment concentration, each moment something new arising and just being with it. So the stability there is not with the objects. The stability is with the awareness. The awareness stays stable, receiving moment after moment the next experience. 
the mind doesn't wander out of mindfulness stability of awareness and so that's the stability there that's the the um the concentration is the stability of the awareness on the other end of the spectrum and there's there's experiences all along the spectrum so it's not one or the other necessarily but on the other end of the spectrum is the one-pointed concentration where we turn our experience to one experience out of our field for instance the breath one of the most um, taught forms of concentration practice and the Buddha encouraged us to practice mindfulness of breathing um, so the the attending to the breath with the um, you know anytime the attention is not on the breath we let go of whatever pulls us away and and we redirect to the breath and so the the focus in one-pointed concentration is to stabilize not only the awareness but also to stabilize the experience our minds have this capacity for a period of time and this may be why we get confused about that project of you know maybe I can create something that will be a place where I can be happy forever <laughs> you know um, because we do have a capacity to stabilize our experience for a little while and this is what concentration uses this this capacity this form of one-pointed concentration uses that capacity that our minds have to orient to one particular experience and stabilize with it and so this kind of one-pointed concentration we're stabilizing essentially the the movement towards um, the stable one-pointed concentration is is a movement away from changing experience it's like we, we orient to some aspect of the experience that can stabilize. So, uh, for instance, the pleasurable quality of the breath, that, that experience of the, pressure, the pleasurable quality at times we can experience pleasure there and that that, you know, we can kind of stabilize with that or perhaps there's a sense of the quality of a breath for me I was doing a sense of whole body breathing and at a certain point the mind really stabilized on an experience of the the whole body and there was a kind of a, sh a shift from the changing experience in the body to a kind of a like a concept of the breath and that shift that the stabilization of of um, that one-pointed concentration really starts to happen when the mind kind of it's called a nimitta I would say this is this is what a nimitta is that there's a kind of a sign or something that the mind can pick up on and then stabilize with it and that becomes what the the attention connects with moment after moment and so there's an absorption into that experience and the only the only thing that it, it's not it's not moment to moment experience that we're absorbing into there it's a concept because it's the concept the mind can hold on to a concept for some stretch of time and that absorption into that concept creates not only stillness of awareness or stability of awareness but stability of object 
And so that, that experience of absorption in concentration, and this is the kind of a, a little bit of touching into what the Buddha spoke about in terms of the jhanas, the absorption into deeper states of concentration and there are different levels of absorption, more and more stability, more and more stillness of object, essentially. So in that space of absorption, we have turned away from change. So that state itself is not a place to develop the wisdom. So the, the, of the two ends of the spectrum, the moment-to-moment -moment concentration, you're naturally seeing change. And in the one-pointed concentration, the stabilization of mind moves us towards essentially absorption into a place that's very still. It, it, it basically is a place of rest. So in, in a way, we can, we can use that kind of stabilization of mind as a place to rest that kind of one-pointed concentration as a place to rest. It can be very, very nourishing. It feels sometimes just like you're being fed by wholesomeness, fed by uh, just the mind that's, that's able to really rest. And yet that's not the place in that state of absorption is not where the mind uh, can experience wisdom because the wisdom really comes from attuning to the changing nature of experience. The insights, the understanding of the impermanent, unreliable, not-self nature of experience is where the Buddha pointed as this is how our minds get free of our project of trying to hold on and fix the experience. Because as we start to see the changing nature of experience, we deeply understand that that project is creating stress and suffering. And so our minds move away from that habit, that tendency to hold on, to cling, in favor of letting go and aligning ourselves with those truths, impermanent, unreliable, not so. So um, the the moment to moment concentration is kind of very naturally able to to shift in a way to the attunement to interesting in impermanent unreliable experience as the the moment to moment concentration stabilizes we may be there there can be a little bit of a shift from kind of curiosity about the kind of the, the sensations themselves or the emotions themselves or the thoughts themselves to kind of what what is often called the specific characteristics of experience the kind of the the quality of pressure or the experience of an emotion in the body or something kind of attuned to the specific quality of the experience we can kind of shift to being curious about what experiences have in common. So rather than being curious about, oh, that particular sensation, that's an interesting sensation, it's more, we get more interested in the fact that every single experience has the nature to change. 
It comes into being, it falls away. And through that attuning to change, that's really where the mind begins to, um, to let go of the habit of holding on. We also see through the attunement to change that experience is unreliable. Unreliability is directly related to the impermanent nature of experience. Because experience doesn't last, it is unreliable. And also the the non-lasting nature of experience as we begin to see the, um, the sense of self also as a phenomenon that arises and passes as a a changing phenomenon, a changing condition phenomenon. We understand that what we un- what we thought of as I or me as some stable, solid thing traveling through time, that's also an illusion. And so the impermanence, the, the, the attuning to change, opens the doorway to understanding all of these insights, which the Buddha pointed to his own experience of the liberation of that as we align ourselves, attune ourselves to the truth of impermanent, unreliable, not-self. On our our usual way of thinking about things, it sounds like really almost depressing. It's like there's nothing permanent to, to hold on, nothing reliable. How could happiness ever be possible? Paradoxically, the attunement with those truths is what creates the possibility for happiness. It's a hard, it's a hard thing to, to get the mind wrapped around. But that is where the happiness comes. And we start to see that as we attune to change and that uh, kind of continuity of mindfulness can see change. We begin to experience a different kind of happiness. A different a kind of happiness that is not resisting the change. So in the moment-to-moment concentration, the shift to attuning to changes can be pretty natural because you're already noticing changing experience in the moment-to-moment concentration. In the one-pointed concentration, the way that connects to wisdom, it's a little got a little different flavor. Because what we're trying to do there, you know, the project of that kind of one-pointed concentration is to construct something stable. And we're kind of running counter in a way to, uh, to, I mean, we're, we're constructing something stable and understanding that it's not going to last forever. You know, we're, we're doing that, const- that project of constructing that experience of settled mindfulness, of mindfulness absorbing into an experience for the purpose of understanding the nature of impermanent, unreliable, uncontrollable. So how does that work when what our project is, is to stabilize the mind? Well, the first way it works is that as you do that, as you try to stabilize the mind, what we, what we see at the beginning of that whole project is how hard that is, is how much our mind is, you know, we have this agenda, you know, so the sense of self in concentration is connected to, yep, I'm going to create this state. And we, we start to see that habits of mind get in the way. You know, we, we have this project of, okay, yep, I'm going to stay with the breath. And along comes a condition from the past history, and it just takes us right off the breath. Who did that? Did you decide to have the mind wander? 
Probably not. And so this is a beginning of, of beginning to understand that the, uh, the sense of self is not what I think it is. We also, so, so that, that's one of the understandings that be, arises as we can, you know, attempt this project of the, the concentration. So we learn a lot as we try to develop this concentration. For me, this was a huge part of practicing absorption practice was what I learned trying to do it. So not getting frustrated about it, but just like, oh, wow, there's so much. There's so many habits of mind in the way of this kind of concentration. We see what we cling to. We see what we, we, we see the kind of um, ways that we want things and how we hold on to it. Paradoxically, this form of concentration doesn't come about through trying to hold, but from trying to let, but, but from letting go from relaxation and it's kind of more of an inclining towards oh maybe that I, maybe there can be a breath and how about a second breath and how about a third breath but it's not like we're grabbing on and holding on we can do concentration that way but it's a pretty brittle kind of concentration and it's not that the, the concentration of that absorption develops with that relaxation, with that inclining towards being with that experience of the breath, at some point the mind will just move into the absorption. Not because I made it happen, but because the condition shaped it. And so we learn a lot about conditionality. We learn a lot in this process of shaping the concentrated mind about what conditions, what Wholesome conditions will support this kind of stabilized mindfulness, this stabilized attention. What kind of things happen in the mind that take us away from that? The hindrances we see, you know, kind of get in the way of this settled, stable mind. And so we learn a lot about how our minds are habitually reactive. So this, all this process in the work of concentration, it's not a mistake. We're learning about how our minds do what they do. So that's a big part of how wisdom grows as we attempt to stay stabilizing with one particular experience. And then the... Um, uh, in that place of absorption, if the mind actually does enter into an absorption, it will last a certain length of time. It seems as though uh, if you enter into a, a, a kind of a, a true absorption um, where the mind kind of locks on to that concept, it's like it has a life. It will last. It's like the conditions that put it together also include how long it will last. So it may last a couple minutes, it may last 45 minutes, but at some point it will dissipate because in that absorption, we are not actively doing anything. It's, it's, it's the construction of that state and we're just kind of living, resting in that state. And so it will fall apart. It will, it will dissipate. And so that's another piece of the learning um, that, that happens. That we, basically we see 
at some point it falls apart. The state falls apart. So we learn about the impermanent nature of experience in that way. We, 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 um, uh, the, the mind absorbs into that very peaceful space and then it falls apart at some point. The falling apart time is another place where there's so much that we can see. The, the, as the mind um, is coming out of, essentially it's as the mind is coming out of that absorption state, there's still a lot of momentum of the concentration. And the, um, the mind begins to pick up on, there can be a kind of an interest at that moment, if there can be an interest as the state is falling apart, an interest in the changing nature of concentration itself. It's like, so, so you're, you're kind of attuning to the state itself falling apart. What's, what's, what's dissipating there? That also, that we, we get a really clear, we can get a very clear sense of the impermanent nature of experience at that point. So there's a kind of an attunement to change. We had been in the absorption state, not attuned to change. It had been absorbed into stability. But as that state itself naturally falls apart because it can't last forever, the, um, it, as the, the shaping of experience of the concentration, if it has been in the service of interest in freedom, then as we come out of that, there may be the possibility of, of really deeply seeing change in a way that is very freeing. Seeing how rapidly things are changing. Just how, at the, the, the deepest level, sometimes it takes a very, very quiet mind. That stability of mind, I said early in the guided meditation, I said, paradoxically, it's a stability of mind that lets us see the instability of experience. And the, 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 the moment to moment concentration, either, either form of concentration, the, the moment to moment concentration that we cultivate on experience moment after moment, or the mind as it's coming out of that one pointed concentration, that that um, the stability of the mindfulness there can see the rapidity of change at a level that will really support the mind to understand the, uh, the true nature of our experience as it's a nothing lasts from, for nothing, not, there's not even a thing there. When we talk about impermanence, sometimes we think there's something that comes into being and something that falls apart. And it's more that there's a continually shifting experience that there's never a thing in there. And we see that with this very, very deep, stable mind. That stable mind allows us to deeply understand the impermanent, unreliable, and also not self-nature of experience because we see in the way how rapidly things are changing, there's no room for a stable anything. No room for a stable sense of self, no room for a stable experience. 
And so that begins to educate the mind in the nature of experience as deeply impermanent. And that that seeing can deeply free the mind from its tendency to want to hold on for a time in 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 a few moments you know that i've i've had experience of of the the mind deeply seeing into the impermanent and unreliable nature of experience and at times it just it seems so clear and there's so much happiness actually it's like oh no wonder i've been struggling so much this is this is you know the the the, the freedom from the clinging in those moments they're so delightful and it's so clear that it is the clinging that has made me miserable for all of my life and it's just i remember at one point it's like oh this is so so simple it is so simple it is so clear and then you know five minutes later the mind is clinging again because it's not actually that obvious you know it, it takes a mind that is so stable to see that impermanent nature of experience and understand that unreliability and so the we we move in and out of the understandings and so we can say that many of our insights are also impermanent or i'd say the experience of resting in those insights of of having the the insights active in the moment having, having that wisdom arising present in the moment that comes and goes apparently when the mind is completely released of greed aversion and delusion that wisdom is always there that's just, that the wisdom arises it's not it's not always there it's not like it's a thing that's stable it's arising each moment and so there's the possibility of having that stable ease the stability of the non-arising of greed aversion and delusion which is an interesting kind of stability you know, it's not it's not the kind of what we think of as stability but for most of us in the course of our practice we have this coming and going of wisdom and so the wisdom itself the understanding is also impermanent what i've seen in my own practice is that when the mind deeply sees something and it has that sense of wow this is so clear it's so simple and then we find ourselves caught again we can sometimes doubt the the truth of that understanding it's like it seems so obvious, but it's not obvious, so I must not have seen it right. We, we kind of second-guess ourselves. And what I've learned is to um, you know, just understand that in that moment, you know, essentially what's happening in that moment is that delusion has arisen again. You know, the obscuring quality of ignorance has arisen again. And so I can understand that moment as, oh, what I'm seeing right now is is the way greed and aversion and ignorance operate in the mind in particular ignorance you know that i'm not able to see that truth so what's happening right now is that i'm seeing ignorance i'm seeing delusion at work it takes the falling away of delusion 
the seeing clearly, to really begin to understand the experience of delusion. And we can we can really then begin to, to recognize, yeah, the mind is clouded right now. This is not a mind that is aligned with the nature of experience as impermanent, unreliable, not self. So the insights come and go. And uh, yeah, just understanding that, knowing that is helpful. You know, it's not it's not a mistake, it's not something you did, it's the nature of the way the practice unfolds. Like concentration arises and passes, the experience of wisdom also arises and passes. And maybe next time I'll talk a little bit more about the experience of wisdom. Because we can, we can begin to taste it, not in the, not, not always in these like big ways. I was describing a kind of a big insight for myself. It's like, wow, you know, this is so simple and there's no suffering right now. There's also smaller ways that that wisdom arises for us and that recognizing that wisdom is a support for the cultivation of wisdom because wisdom is a wholesome quality of mind that can be cultivated. I'm going to stop there and see if there's any comments or questions. Joanne. Could you say something about the um, stability of mind that can be achieved through the moment-to-moment versus the one-pointed? Yeah, the, it, it, it's it's very profound that stability of mind that can be um, touched into. Really, what I'd say is that the st- the stability or the the power of concentration comes with kind of the moment to moment arising of mindfulness and. Whether that moment-to-moment arising of mindfulness is connected to one object or connected to changing objects, it, the, the power of the concentration happens with the more stable the mindfulness is over time. And so one thing that we start to see, actually, especially in the moment-to-moment practice, for me, well, it happened in both, actually. I could see it in both, that we, we may start to see... Um, kind of we feel like and sometimes it feels like yeah wow the mindfulness is really stable but then we start to see these little like blips of like wow it, it jumped out and came back and I almost didn't even see it jump out and I just I just now know that I'm back and I didn't really it was so quick it's like these little like it falls out and comes back and we have a sense of it being no more than even a second that it's gone and so there's still little gaps in the continuity of mindfulness. And so the noticing those gaps, you know, we, we begin to, actually when we start to see those little gaps, it, it often paradoxically means that the mindfulness is getting stronger because we don't tend to see those little gaps when the mindfulness is weaker. So it's, it, it's, it's actually good news when somebody starts talking about, it's like, it feels like my mindfulness is all over the place. It's like, it jumps out and it comes back. It jumps out and it comes back. It's like, Yes, you're seeing much more now. 
Um, and so that as, as the mindfulness gets much more stable, we start not having those little like jump out and come back, jump out and come back. And that's where the, the continuity, um, of the moment to moment awareness, you know, we, we might start to experience, you know, sometimes the experience in the moment to moment awareness in terms of change can, it's actually not true, true impermanence. It's more that we notice that, um, you have the attentions on this and then the attentions on this, you know, so it's like we haven't really seen it shift from one to another, but we know, yeah, there was this. And then it's kind of like we've seen the middle of this object and then suddenly we're in the middle of this object and it doesn't feel like there's a gap between the two, but it's just like, yeah, we're just feeling that there's a lot of different experiences moment to moment. As the mindfulness gets more continuous, we start to see kind of more an arising of an experience, like the, the coming into being, the the way it's starting, and maybe the falling apart of the experience. So we, we start to see the impermanence at a at a deeper level um, with that continuity of of mindfulness in the moment to moment place. And and again we're not we're not um, trying to attend to any particular experience. It's more what's coming to us. And it can be startling at times to see the next arising thing. Like, you know, it's just, it feels sometimes like it's just coming out of nowhere. It's, it's coming out of conditions, but sometimes it can be like something so, so um, unexpected that, that it can feel startling that we're seeing something arise. And that, and then, and partly because we haven't been trying to stabilize the mind on any particular experience. The experience, it may be like a sound. It's like, boom, the sound is there. And we've experienced the arising of that sound. And we weren't looking for it. It just arose. And so it's kind of like, almost like feeling like a whole universe is coming into being in that moment. Because the mindfulness is right there as that sound arises. So there's 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 kind of different flavors of the of the um, uh, impermanence that we might see. We might see kind of more the, the arising of an experience. We might see the passing of the experience. We might see the arising and the passing of, of experience. So there's a, there's a lot of different flavors of what we can see in the moment-to-moment concentration. And again, it gets back to the point. The freedom comes back to the seeing of the deeply impermanent nature of experience seeing the something coming into being a thought coming into being and how the mind you know one of my really profound insights around self-hatred was seeing a thought of you know i'm no good coming into being and realizing that wasn't there a moment ago it's just an arising it's just a phenomenon arising in the mind and how the mind kind of wants to grab onto it and make some truth out of it all of that was seen in a split second that had a very profound um, freeing effect on the mind to see that the nature of that thought as simply a thought, as simply an arising phenomenon that was a, a, an impermanent blip in the mind. So that seeing of the impermanence is really on either side of the of the of the uh, continuum of concentration. It's the seeing of the impermanence that really begins to free the mind, and it's maybe slightly different flavors of the experience. Um, depending on whether the mind is more focused on one thing or 
having been attending to a variety of experience moment to moment. So does that does that speak to your question? Well, one one question I have is that is it possible to have um, come to a one pointedness through changing objects? I've certainly experienced that it does happen. You know, it's almost like what happens is when you are really, really um, attending to experience. Sometimes the mind will pick up on a on one of those like uh, concepts. Um, you know, it'll it'll. It's like the mind can pick up on some some experience that has the the quality of that stable. Like sometimes a sense of expanded space or something. You know, the mind will. It's just an object. You know, it's just an, it's not a special thing that can't be seen in moment to moment concentration. And sometimes what can happen is that the mind will, will pick up on one of those, those objects, those experiences like expanded space, and it will just like, it'll go into it. So I have seen that happen in my own experience. Um, it's kind of startling, you know, uh, that, that that can happen. Um, and, and also I've seen the shaping of, the, the container or the place where that concentration can happen be supported by the open awareness and then inclining towards, you know, after the mind gets really stable with open awareness and saying, okay, let's turn the attention to one pointedness. And that container itself, the, the sense of the, the quiet mind can more easily, for some of us, more easily attune to one object from that very relaxed mind perspective and not have the kind of forcing and pushing and pulling. But, but that, that's just, you know, some minds might work that way. So yes, there can be both using that, that open awareness as a kind of a, a beginning point for creating the conditions that might make it more, make it easier to move towards one pointed attention. Or sometimes we can just land in, um, one pointed concentration. Like I, sometimes I, I found to be like, I was doing open awareness and then I would have land in some space. And then 45 minutes later, it'd be like, I'd come out of that space. It's like, yeah, that was an absorption. <laughs> and I wasn't practicing for an absorption, but it can happen. 